All right, so we're going to, once again, we're going to start popcorn preaching. Our first preacher is going to come here in just a moment. And uh, a reminder, most of the guys, I think almost all of the guys on the list have done this before, if not all of them. And so when you get up here, don't skip the one important step. All right, one important step is say your say your object, topic, whatever it is right here that's on this post-it note that's in front of you, say that word, all right? That way everybody knows what you're talking about, okay? Uh, you know and I know. That will be about it if you don't say what it is. So uh, go ahead and do that. And once again, uh, two to three minutes, and this is fun. Now, our first preacher, I remember, I remember years ago, a few years ago anyways, not too long ago, and he preached on the evils of coffee. <laughs> and it was very accurate. It was great. Um, and so I'm going to ask Michael Shelton if he would come as our first popcorn preacher. I mean, it was, it was good doctrine. Um, popcorn is my topic. Popcorn. Sure. Ooh, let's see. Um, well, starters, popcorn starts with corn. You have to plant the seed. You have to let it grow. Then you can reap it. Now, as Christians, there's the law of sowing and reaping. Someone sows the seed in the heart. Someone waters that ground, and then someone, and then God gets the increase, and. That's the first, first step with corn. You have to, to reap it. You got to sow it. Um, are you guys sowing what you should? Are you guys going out there sowing seeds? Because if not, you're, gonna reap, you're not going to reap anything. You won't be able to get to popcorn until you first sow the corn. Second, um, once you have the kernels, they have to be dried out. Now, this is a long process, and it takes a lot of time to dry out the kernels to be used for popcorn. And when you're saved, it doesn't just end there. You've got to grow, and that growth takes a long time. And it dries you out a little bit. It's, it's difficult. It's not easy. But once you get to that point where you're dried, now you're ready to be used. Now God can use you. And you know what? After, you put those, after those kernels are ready, you put those kernels in oil, and then you turn on the heat. Now, the heat is the tough part. That's, that's the bit where you're going to be like, oh, this is, this is so difficult. I'm gonna, I want to give up. I want to I stop because it's too much for me. I can't handle it. And right then, when you think it's too hot, when you think it's gone just too far, then the kernel, then the kernel pops, and now you're what God wants you to be. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I mean, I won't say anything yet. I'll, I'll, I'll reserve mine till the end, as always. All right. The music man's coming. Brother Andrew. I don't remember having the names on these and having picked, pre-picked ahead of time. I think oh, something's changed. This is, this is a wonderful new <laughs> I see that. <laughs> great. All right. <laughs> so mine is Camera. And he, I think he had, I, the reason I say he's handpicked this is because we've installed a lot of cameras around here lately, and we're about sick of seeing those things <laughs> from the back. So if you look at those cameras, you may think that just looks like a little black dot on the wall with a little white case around it. 
Well, that thing's watching you. <laughs> and if somebody comes in here in the middle of the night or something like that, that thing will click on and they'll catch whoever's in here and somebody will get a notification on their phone and say, hey, somebody's here, what's going on? And we can check it out and say, oh, we know that dude, or wait, we don't know this person, why are they in the church building, right? So we can do that, but that's like the Lord. He's always watching us. The reason why we have these cameras in there is to keep people from doing things they shouldn't be doing, right, number one, and to keep accountability and to also protect ourselves, right? The Lord wants us to think about that as we are living our lives, we should always be thinking, you know, the Lord's always watching me. And he's better than any camera. The Lord's always watching. Those things will turn off every now and then. If we get to the point where there's nobody in here, they'll shut off. The Lord doesn't shut off. He's always watching us, right? And he's not just watching us to see if we're doing something wrong. Sometimes he's watching us to see if we're doing something good or not, right, too? And we're always earning those either rewards, those gold, silver, precious stones, or we're making the hay, wood, and stubble, and other things that will burn. And so we need to keep that in mind that we are always before the Lord and he's always watching and live for him. Use that time that you've got to honor and glorify him and make it all worth your while and his while. Amen. Amen. The cameras are always watching. Um, <laughs> Brother Thomas. He's watching right now. Um, our next is also a perfectly handpicked topic for the Gabriel Shelton. Here he comes. Now that, now that made him nervous right there. That made him nervous. I got... I got flowers. You got flowers. Flowers. Hi. What smell are you producing as a Christian? Flowers. Flowers have a have a um, an aroma to them. Some flowers have a stronger aroma than others, and. We are supposed to be a sweet-smelling savor unto the Lord as an offering, as um, a way of showing God that we appreciate Him. That's the way that we live our lives. That's the way that we present ourselves. Are we presenting ourselves as a goodly rose, a sweet-smelling savor unto the Lord? This is shown in your conduct, the way that you talk, what did, what did Peter do when he was in that around that fire pit when Jesus was getting beat up? I mean, he wasn't being a sweet smell, was he? His speech berayeth him, though. He was around Jesus. He was around that sweet smell, and people noticed. People will know when you're a Christian by the type of actions that you take, by the attitude that you bear yourself. And I know that I've definitely been guilty of not being a sweet-smelling savior unto my Savior before. And I definitely know that it is something that we need to improve upon. What type of smell are you producing? It's about that.
Dandelions are stinky. That's all I'm saying, right? <laughs> Don't be a dandelion. They're annoying. You're, they do. I'm just saying they're stinky. So you don't want to be a, a terrible, terrible, wicked weed. Um, so I purposely had to choose somebody for this particular word, and I chose the right person for the task, I think, all right? And so Brother James, I need you to come and take care of this right here, okay? Because you will do this justice, I think. I'm sitting here thinking, man, I really hope that this is a word that I know. You know we were at that preaching meeting, and uh, I'm doing this for you guys and for me. We were at that preaching meeting Friday night, and he said a couple bigger words, and I just said, I don't know what that means. And Mary sitting in front of me, she just laughed, turned around. She, yeah, so tambourine is the word that I have. Tambourine. We're only at 25 seconds, so I have a minute to think on this, think on these things. Okay, tambourine. All right. All right, so our local church, we are a tambourine, all right, in the hand of the Lord. Man, Matt, where is Matt? He would, be, he would love this. We are like a tambourine. All right, there's a lot of different local churches and a lot of different, you know, tambourines. Now, those tambourines are made up of a lot of diff different parts. Uh, that tambourine is not going to make the noise that it's supposed to do make unless all those parts are put together the right way. Uh, you have a tam even though you might not like the sound that a tambourine makes, uh, it still has a purpose and it still has a specific sound that it's supposed to sound like. And every local church um, and tambourine has a specific sound that it's supposed to make with the one that whose hand that it's in. So we're supposed to be in the Lord's hand as a local church. We're at a minute 25, by the way. And we're supposed to be in the Lord's hand, and he's going he's gonna to try to make the noise that it's supposed to make using that local church. But if we're not put together right, if there are some pieces that are missing and stuff, it's not going to sound like it's supposed to sound. But as that local church tambourine, uh, and we, we're, we're fitted together, together the way we're supposed to be, in unity, put together the right way, uh, you're going to make the right noise that you're supposed to make for the one that we're in his hand. Now, there's a lot that uh, they'll, they'll tweak different things with it, and they'll put the wrong parts on. They'll put maybe, maybe you put too much stuff on it to make it look too fancy. It's not going to sound right. If you put too many things on, you clamp it down really tight with all those, those standards that you're going to clamp onto that tambourine and stuff. It's not going to make that sound. It's just going to be a silent, just an annoying thud, and nobody's going to enjoy that at all. But man, if you have that tambourine sounding the way it's supposed to sound, it is going to be just music to our pastor's ears. It's going to be music to the Lord's ears, and the Lord's just going to be sitting there with that tambourine at the local church, and we're all going to love it. That's two minutes, 25 seconds. I'm done. So out of curiosity, how many people actually know the Matt Sutton tambourine story? Just, I, you know, okay. Not, not enough. Not enough. So Brother Sutton was preaching, I think it was a Wednesday night. I know I was in the sound booth. I was trapped in the sound booth. The Shelton's abandoned me. Uh, so I was in the sound booth. Pastor wasn't here either, and he was out of town. And Brother Matt was preaching, and he was preaching on uh, all the members being fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, which is amazing that you preached on the local church. 
because that was what Matt was talking about. All of us working together and in perfect harmony. And he started to use the illustration of an orchestra and that although you may not be here uh, and you think nobody will notice, the conductor of the orchestra, the Lord, notices when you're not here. And so he's talking about all these pieces of, you know, the violins and, and he's talking about the bass and then he's talking about the piano and then he talks about the most beautiful, glorious, amazing tambourine. <laughs> and he said tambourine and I knew at that particular instant he did not mean to say tambourine because the look on his face said he didn't want to say tambourine. Also, when you think of an orchestra and you think of a great and amazing piece of the orchestra, you also don't think of a tambourine. And so I had to duck behind the sound booth wall back there and act like I wasn't even here because I was laughing so hard I was almost on the floor as he tried to recover from the idea of the missing tambourine from your great orchestra. Like, poor Beethoven was like, oh, what am I going to do? There's no tambourine for me. Like, they're like, what are you talking about, Matt? But so uh, that is why the tambourine had to slide into tonight's festivities uh, with Brother Sutton being here this morning. So if you didn't know that story, that is my fav- one of my favorite Matt Sutton stories right there. Uh, and so Brother Larry Connolly, our director of hope, fully licensed now. Right? So I expect great things tonight for this right here. No pressure. Well, first I got to address the coffee thing because, see, you know, (laughs) that's not, I think that's why Satan didn't tempt Adam because he was sitting there having his morning coffee with God. He couldn't. So you need your morning coffee. Just remember that. Oh, boy. Uh, I have uh, business cards. Okay. Okay. a lot of work goes into business cards. You got to think about which way you want to. You're you're trying to reach uh, certain people. You don't you, you know there's a certain clientele you're trying to reach, and uh, and God's made the greatest business card for Christians, and that's the Bible. You know He He specifically designed it for us so we know how to live and how to live right. Uh, it's for reproof, instruction. Um, it's for getting right and stay right. And uh, a lot of people don't take it seriously. And uh, businesses are serious. They're there for a reason. Our Bible is there for a reason. There's uh, nothing we can do but go out and try to... Uh, that's why I like the, uh, the ministry of handing out the Bibles. It's like you're handing out a business card. You're handing it out and say, hey, this is, this is who I work for. Do you know him? Amen. And uh, it's uh, it's a great way. Um, I didn't I didn't get a chance to hand out a Bible, but I mean I think it's a great idea because it just it opens up the dialogue right there with it. So I just say that uh, you know business cards are important. That Bible is important because it's who we work for. It's, it's it represents who we work for and what he wants us to do and how he wants us to do it. And that's uh, so yeah, that was pretty tough. <laughs> Amen. Brother Pastor Kevin Thomas II. Hey. Our wonderful youth pastor. Here he is. He is going to come. 
Let her rip. Right here. It's not a crayon. It's not going to be a rod, is it? Worse. <laughs> oh, all right. Uh, stop sign. I got stop sign. All right, so um, stop signs are optional. I don't know if you guys knew, knew that. <laughs> At least sometimes they are. Uh, <laughs> no, no, they're not. They're not optional. Boys, stop sign, always stop. All right. Um, well, you know, the tricky thing about the, the stop sign is, is that you, when you come up to a stop sign, you can stop and then you look both ways. And if you don't see any vehicles coming, you can just go right on through. And uh, you know what's funny is that uh, <laughs> uh, sometimes I think of a stoplight as a stop sign. <laughs> I'll pull up to a stoplight and look both ways, and nobody's coming. And, <laughs> and Mary's like, what are you doing? This isn't a stop sign. And uh, I have to go, oh, yeah, it's a, it's a red light. It's a little bit different. Um, but a stop sign is, is, is very important. Uh, <laughs> the Lord's going to put some stop signs in your life. Uh, there are certain things that uh, may, may take place in your life as you grow in the Lord uh, and you grow in your faith. You will, as you continue to read your Bible and you continue to hear preaching in your life, uh, the Lord is going to start speaking to you. And as you mature, he's going to speak to you in different ways. And as you're going down the Christian life and you're driving down that road of faith, um, the Lord's going to put some stop signs in your life because there are certain things that you need to get out of your life. And, he, and you know that red, red stop sign will show up, and guess what? You need to stop, get that thing out of your life, and when that thing is out of your life and it's out of the way and things are clear and the road is made uh, plain, you can keep on going. But that stop sign is there uh, for your safety. If you just keep on going through and you don't stop at that stop sign, there's a very big risk of you getting pushed off that road. Someone's going to hit you and you're, they're going to knock you off that road. You're going to get knocked off course and you're going to be not going where the Lord intended for you to go. Uh, so it's very important that when you see that stop sign that you stop and you look both ways and say, hey, what's going on, Lord? What, what are you putting the stop sign in my life for? What, it, what is in my way that I need to get out of the way? And once that's out of your way, you can keep on going down that road. Um, and, I, and, you know, I, I always, I, I love Brother James's message about divine appointments. You going down a certain road, and if you, if you get pushed off your course at all, if you're not doing what the Lord wants you to do, and you're not going down the road you're supposed to be going, you're going to miss on some divine appointments. I know that this last, uh, this last week, we have had some divine appointments when Ben Alton got saved. Uh, that was a huge blessing. He got saved on Wednesday night. He came out to a youth rally. Uh, certain things took place, and then the Lord just had the perfect messages for Ben and for our teens, and it was just divine appointment after divine appointment because, you know what, there were some stop signs that we had to stop, look both ways, and when they were clear, got to stay on path, stay on that road. Amen. Amen. So, Pastor Legault wants me to remind everybody we are broadcasting uh, and that we are also recording. So, uh, Brother Kevin, your driving rules are online forever. All right, praise <laughs> the Lord. Uh, <laughs> he wanted me to pass that along to you and remind, uh, you know, whatever. He drives our teenagers around. Now I feel safer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, 
It could could be worse. Could be worse. I actually would have gone with an all-way stop, and because uh, nobody knows how to use those anymore. Have you noticed that? Like you pull up to an all-way stop, and still, no matter who else is there, they wave you through. Like it doesn't. It, anyways, I no rules anymore. Brother Stephen Kyle. We're gonna sneak him up all the way from the back of the building. There he is. Here he comes. He was working. He was working back there. Now he's gonna work up here. All right, front, front to back. He's covering everywhere. All right. All right. Got a wallet. What kind of wallet do you have in your pocket? God puts lots of pockets in our lives. <laughs> lots of places to put stuff. It makes me think of the verse uh, when you think of stuff wallets. I like all your keys, your wallet. It makes me think of um, the verse. Also, regard not your stuff. <laughs> Sometimes we have too much stuff in our lives. <laughs> but uh, on a wallet, we put valuable things in our wallets, usually. Valuable things, like, for example, money. <laughs> and um, what's really valuable in your life, to you, personally? What's really valuable? What has God put in your life that when you think about what, what's valuable, is it, is it God's word? Are you taking it and stowing it away in a safe place in your heart so that when the time comes that he can pull that out and use that, use that word because it says in his word that his word will not return into him void. It's always going to have effect. So are you, are you taking God's word, putting it in your wallet, in your heart, and using that as a, as a safe place to keep that so that when... Um, troublesome times come, when hard times come, you can pull that out and bring that to remembrance and use that as an encouragement to others. What's in your wallet? Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And he paid the fare thereof. Um, next up tonight, he said, oh, from the back. I didn't know what was happening. All right. Joel Kyle. Another Kyle. Brother Joel, here he is. We have less Kyles per capita on my list this year than normal. So. <laughs> okay, I got keys. If you're a family, you know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> okay, so... Well, keys are used to unlock things, and I think of when I think of keys, I think of um, the Lord has different keys He uses to unlock our try to unlock our heart, and um, He fits different ones there in different times, because often sometimes our heart it like it should be always fixed in the Lord, but sometimes it can kind of stray, and the Lord has maybe He has a skeleton key He sticks in there. And the unlocks their door to our heart. So um, we just need to keep the keep our heart in a in his right key, so he doesn't have to go searching for other keys in his wallet or pocket or his wallet. He may he, I don't think he keeps keys in his wallet though. Um, and the key, well, some of the keys to the Christian walk are God's word. And memorizing his word, reading it, and then prayer is very important. And um, just this morning I was um, 
just taking some time to just um, not think about anything, just try to think about the Lord. Because often we're, we're talking to the Lord so much, and we're like, Lord, we have this prayer request, and Lord, there's this, and Lord, there's that. And we get busy in our minds, and we just think about what we want to say to the Lord instead of what he wants to say to us. Amen. So just keep your heart and to the, in tune to the Lord's keys. So you just have to pull out that skeleton key. That's it. that up here? He brought his Bible, but he didn't take it back. I don't know what happened there. So this person, I don't know. I don't remember. Todd, did you do this last year? This is the first time right here. This is Brother Todd's first time. Todd Hallsdorf, here he is. Get it, man. Looks like I'm the last one. Light bulb. Okay. When I think of a light bulb, I think of, you know, when we get saved, kind of a light turns on and we can let that light kind of shine to other people. Because, you know, some people, they may have a cracked light bulb. It might need some repairing. And sometimes it's our job to just grab that light bulb that's broken and put a new one in, one that we have. And sometimes I think we kind of lack that kind of light bulb that we have to give to other people. And, you know, that light, we have to shine that light and just try our best to just, because that light, it helps with so much. Like, sometimes you cannot see without that light. Sometimes we're trapped in the darkness and, you know, we don't have our own light bulb, like people that aren't saved. And sometimes it's our, like, it's our job as saved people to go and give them that light and show them the way. Thank you. Amen. 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 I'm excited to see what Lord's doing with Todd. I'm just very excited. Every time I see him now, I'm just like, what's he doing? What's coming, what's coming next? Amen. This one right here, uh, this next person, I had to double take on the list, all right? And then I had to check the handwriting because I've seen this person's handwriting an awful lot, and I thought, I couldn't possibly sign up for popcorn preaching, did they? <laughs> and it was not Mrs. Legault. It was her nemesis, Brother Thomas, <laughs> Mr. T, the colonel. Here he comes. He's a popcorn colonel. There he is. That's right, Brother John. That was from John Wall. That wasn't my joke. I'll take it, though. Plus, I thought, does he know how to go two to three minutes? I don't know. Uh, we might end up with burnt popcorn right here. That's an eye product. It might fail. <laughs> it's set. Ten minutes. <laughs> I thought this was good. Oh. Well, I, I thought you were going to do something like this, but I brought it just in case. <laughs> Although that's pretty high on the list. <laughs> Swiss Army knife. Swiss Army knife. Well, no, I didn't. I don't usually carry my. I usually carry my Leatherman. I carry it, you know, during the week when I'm working. But you know, I only have a one blade tonight. Uh, but the Swiss Army knife, I think, is like my Leatherman. It's multi-purpose, and and I use it. You know, I do have a Swiss Army, but my Leatherman I use more uh, than I have than I this one. But it's so many things that 
you can use it for having those tools in your toolbox. So I have it on my hip, you know, and I, I carry it with me. I actually, it was a gift that uh, when I got commissioned as second lieutenant back in 1984, when I got to Fort McClellan, Alabama, you know, I saw the, uh, the, uh, the Leatherman, you know, in the PX. I said, you know, I, I really would like that. And so I bought that myself uh, for my, for coming back into the Army. So, but I've carried that with me ever since 1984, and I have it, and I've carried it with me a lot of places around the world. And, and I've used it a lot. It has, multi, like I said, multi-purpose. You know, not only the knife and the, the screwdriver, there's a little file on it. But, you know, there's no better thing that we can have with us. And, and I have those with me, too. I have that in my truck wherever I go also. And, you know, it's God word. You know, the multi-purpose, you know, Army Swiss knife or my Leatherman. So many different tools and so many things. And just like Brother Matt talked about uh, this morning, you know, our Bible, you know, we talk about our mental health, physical health. So many answers come from this Bible, just like the tool, the Swiss Army knife that we need, you know, that I use all the time, you know, and what I do, you know, every day I carry it with me. But I also, I have my Bible with me. I have one somewhere, you know, at, you know, in both vehicles. Well, Nancy's got hers, you know, in the van, but I have one in my truck. And I carry with me, and I have one that I carry with me when I ride my motorcycle. So I have it there. But not only is it important that you you have the tool, you know you got the different gadgets, but do you know what they're for? You got to know how to use them. And and ironically, this morning in Sunday school, my time is up. Um, my my time is up. Uh, the we talked basically about I didn't call it the Swiss Army knife, but basically what I was you know today was my last day of teaching the high schoolers in Sunday school. My son's starting next week, but I kind of give them some scripture verses. Basically, their Swiss Army knife. Do you know where to go when things happen? Things are not going to get better in this world, and I think we know that. I said, do you have the tools? And I gave him a lot of scripture verses that you need to know. When tough times get tough, you know where to go. And you've got the tool. You've got it. we got to know to use it and where to go. Amen. Amen. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So I've exhausted my list of preachers tonight. We had a dozen that signed up. Two of the guys are not here tonight, um, and so I'm going to give you just something quick. Uh, I had a few other options to pass out to folks in case, but uh, I think the Lord just wants me to do this right here. And so I appreciate the guys that preached tonight. Uh, it was fantastic. There was a whole lot, and uh, there was a whole lot of things that you can use and take home with you uh, tonight. Some of it's funny, some of it's good, uh, and some of it's some really good preaching, and you can get a lot from it. Um, 
Romans chapter 3. Grab your Bible, Romans chapter 3. If you have it, I'd like you to see this. And uh, we'll sing a song after this, Brother Andrew. Um, so I'm going to be, I'm, I'm not going to be three minutes, but I'm not going to be 20, all right? I promise. I'm going to be, I'm shooting for five to 10, okay? Um, but I, I want you to think for a moment. One of the, pardon me, I was singing pretty loud over here. Sometimes I don't rightly know how you can't, so uh, I wasn't holding back tonight. Uh, Romans chapter 3, one of, th- one of the words I had was, uh, was blueprints. Blueprints. Uh, and blueprints are the layout, it's the plans for the house. It's the plans for whatever it is you're building ultimately, but you think of it as a house, or uh, that's usually what you're thinking of. You're thinking of a building, a structure that's going up, and you've got all the blueprints, and contained with that are all the measurements, all the specifications, uh, usually certain things, especially certain specific notations for different uh, different pieces that have to be in there, window sizes and door frames and casings and how you're going to do everything, wall thickness, everything is in there, right? Uh, it's supposed to be, if you have a full set of plans, full set of blueprints, then you could, you could take that, you could build your house. You could build whatever structure you want to. All the specifications are there. Everything has been given to accomplish the task that you were given. And ultimately, the Word of God is that for us. Uh, it is that for all of mankind. There's a blueprint that has been laid out for us to have success uh, physically in this life, but ultimately to have success for all of eternity, to have our sins forgiven forever. And this is what I love. Uh, notice this. Uh, we could go all over through, through this chapter, but look at uh, uh, verse number 23. He says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God here in Romans chapter 3. Uh, we're all sinners, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood, to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are past, through the forbearance of God, to declare, I say at this time, His righteousness, that He might be just and the justifier of Him which believeth in Jesus. Where is boasting then? Is it excluded? By what law? Of works? Nay, but by the law of faith. Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also, seeing it is of one, it is one God which shall justify the circumcision by faith and the uncircumcision through faith. Do we then make void the law through faith? God forbid, yea, we establish the law. Uh, he's laying it out. Now, in the Old Testament, there was laws and structure and given, and that was the way that the Lord was making it so mankind could get, ultimately, a good relationship with the Holy God. But mankind, according to verse number 23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, we don't live up to the works of the law. And it's not that the law is evil. It's not wicked. It's just that it becomes the schoolmaster to let us know that we can't attain unto God and His holiness. We've all sinned and we've all come short. The amazing thing is, though, God had a plan that was all set up so that He might be, as He says in verse uh, number uh, 26, that He might be just and the justifier of Him which believeth in Jesus. Uh, You realize that God wanted to be just. He's got to be. Uh, To be just means that you've done everything right. You're just. We think of being justified, meaning it's just as if I've never sinned when we got justified. 
Uh, it's the rule that you and I, that God has to be just. He has to be holy. He has to be righteous. God is not righteous and just and good. He is no longer God. So how can God be justified when all have sinned and come short of the glory of God to let mankind into a sinless heaven? He can't be by conventional means. How can a just God let that slide and let me into heaven? How can a just God choose that uh, one goes over here, but this person over here doesn't get to go when all have sinned? Well, that's not a very just God. Say, what did he do instead? He declared his righteousness, the Lord Jesus Christ. He goes ahead and shows how righteous God is, and he goes, you know what I'll do? You find it later in Romans chapter 5. He says, hey, one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passes upon all men, for they're all of sin. Everybody's a sinner. Why? Because Adam and Eve sin. We've all got it. We're all condemned. He says, hey, you can't live up to the works of the law. Okay, how do I make somebody like that be able to go into a sinless heaven? When according to the description of heaven, his statement is, that nothing defiling can enter in, neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a singular one lie. How are you getting in? It's not by the works of the law. Why? Because you didn't do the law. You failed. You told a lie. You broke it. And God says, what am I going to do? He goes, I got these blueprints right here. <laughs> you know what I'll do? Somebody has to pay. The wages of sin is death. Somebody's got to pay. You know what I'll do? I got to be just. So what I'll do is I'll let my son die after he lives a sinless life. I'll let the sinless lay down his life for the sinful. One man sinned into the world and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. He says, well, you know what we'll do? We'll be justified freely by his grace. By one man, by the obedience of one, many are made righteous. He exchanges the one man's sinfulness for the one man's righteousness and says, okay, if you'll believe, notice what he said there at the end of verse number 26, that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. If you don't get that last part, you're not justified. If it's not believed solely that Jesus Christ died for your sins, he was buried and rose again, the plans are no good. You're not following them. The plan is that you trust Jesus Christ alone to save you forever. And he will. That's the promise. He that believeth on him, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved. It's his promise. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. That's the promise. That's the plan. Well, you realize God's plans, his blueprints didn't stop right there. You barely got the framing up. Christian, he's got a plan just for you. The blueprints are laid out, and he's got things that he wants of you, that he expects of you, that he wants you to gain, that he wants you to get victories in, that he wants you to build in your life. And we can go over to you know Corinthians, and we can go to chapter 3, and we can go ahead and look at gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and stubble. And what are you building? You're building. Are you building according to his blueprints? Or do you keep building the way you want to build? By the way, you build the way you want to build, you'll end up with what you, what you want instead of what he wants to give you. You saw it this morning, I am come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. God's blueprints include a more abundant life for the Christian if they trust Him. He gave you eternal life when He saved you. He wants to give you more abundant life in this life. Amen. That doesn't mean you don't have any problems. That doesn't mean you don't have any of the cares and the troubles. But He's got a plan to keep you 
in the abundant side. And make sure your needs are taken care of. Great is thy faithfulness. Every need supplied. Over and over again, He comes through to do what? Just to take care of you. If you trust Him. We started all the way back with popcorn. What seed you put down in the ground? Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. He wants to give you life more abundant. He wants to give you eternal life. Then He wants to give you abundant life so that you can go ahead and attain a great blessing for and during and through your eternal life. Because He rewards you when you get there. If you take the abundant life. See, He's got a blueprint. He's got it all laid out. The question is, would you be willing to follow it? All the time we have people who what? They don't go ahead and they don't listen and they don't want salvation and they ignore it and they walk away from it and they don't want to deal with it and that's, that's their choice. They're not following the blueprint though. The plans have been laid for them to be able to have a Savior. God's done everything He needs to to make sure you can go to heaven for all of eternity. And then He says, hey Christian, I got these blueprints right here. I give you, I give you the best life you'll ever know. You do it my way, you can have the best life you'll ever know. You'll have trials, you'll have troubles, you'll have all those things. You'll have me. That's what you'll have. You'll have the supplier to take care of all of your need and all of your trouble. That way, when you get to glory, I can go ahead and reward you for all your faithfulness. Because he wants to. He wants to. And the blueprints are laid out that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. That's who he wants to be. He, want, he has to be just. But He wants to justify you freely by His grace. That's what He wants to do. He wants to give you life more abundantly. I know we didn't preach a lot about salvation tonight. I'm talking about it a little bit here right now. Uh, if you've never asked Jesus Christ to be your Savior, we're going to be eating. We're going to be hanging out. Bonfire is going to be going on. Things are going to be happening. Maybe you have no idea you're going to heaven. I have no clue. You and the Lord know. We've had people in this church that have been that have you know been in the church for a long time. They don't get saved till years and years later. I don't know who's saved and who's lost. You know, that's you and the Lord. You know, and maybe stop one of us and say, "Hey, I don't know that I'm going to heaven." If somewhere to happen tonight. Do you know you're going? Because if you don't know, God's got a plan and He's made it possible. And there's a divine appointment, big stop sign right here that just says, "Hey, are you going to heaven for all of eternity?" Because if you don't stop now, it may be too late. It may be too late. You may get wrecked up in that intersection and He may take you out of this world. And then you'll have to give an account for all of eternity. And you don't want to. He's willing to pay for all of your sins if you'd let Him. So tonight, I'm going to ask you to do something special. And when we're out there and we're walking around and we're doing everything that we're doing and we're all having some fun, I guarantee you, if you, if you were invited or if, or if you've been here for a long time or whatever it is, if you're lost, find somebody. I guarantee you, you are not ruining their night of fun. Uh, they're going to have way more fun showing you out of a Bible how you can know you have your sins forgiven forever. and get to Trust me, you are not ruining a thing. They will be more excited to do that than to go sit out at the bonfire. They'll be more excited to do that than go over next door and eat jalapeno poppers, praise the Lord, on our smokers, right, Brother James? They'll be more excited than to go over there and have the food and to have the and do all the... They'd much rather show you how you can know for sure you're going to heaven for all of eternity and get it settled tonight. God had a plan.
The blueprints are laid. You can have it. Christian, maybe tonight you heard some things. I know it was a lot of fun. We're joking around. We're doing a lot of things. But there are some serious things that were talked about in there. About reading your Bible and praying and listening to the Lord when you're supposed to stop and pay attention to what's going on in your life. Please don't let those things just slide by because it was funny. Go ahead and listen to what the Lord was trying to tell you tonight. And we'll go ahead. And once again, I'm going to have Brother Andrew come. We're going to sing one. We're going to have a word of prayer. I, I think we're just going to pray for the food over here. I have no idea if it's all ready. I have no idea anything else. All right, but we'll pray for the food over here, and we'll be dismissed. Everything's going on. Uh, if you could help out just a couple minutes. It doesn't take us long. We're going to pile up these chairs over here, and they're going to go in this front room, my right, your left, the grief share room slash Andrew's office over here. Um, if we can move all those chairs nice, quickly, and easily. Yes, sir. Make sure that they do them by rows. Yes. All right, so once again, stack them in rows. Go down the rows and do what you can that way. Obviously, there's extra chairs at the end, so just you can only go five high. So just be, be good with that. And uh, if you can help us out with that, we'll have a word of prayer right after this song. We'll, we'll pray for the food and everything else, refreshments. And then once again, food's this direction. Bonfire's going to be out that direction. And uh, the playground is straight back that way for the little ki littler kids and things. But uh, enjoy yourselves tonight. Go ahead. Uh, and have some fun, stay for the fellowship, and I'm going to get out of the way and let Brother Andrew lead this song.